Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Board. I'm the media host for Thrive Today, and I'm the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Our primary focus at Thrive Today is to help you identify the authority of God's word and connect it to the relevance of your success at work. Guys, I am so thrilled to talk today with one of the guests that's going to be on this podcast, but also was in the premiere edition of our magazine, the Thrive Today magazine. This is Amy Baylog. And, you know, not only is she a speaker and a facilitator, but she's also a writer and an executive coach. And so Amy helps people to live from their center, not their circumstances. And so I'm so excited for her to come on today and talk to us about a topic that I think will be near and dear to all of your hearts, and that is peace over performance. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. Hi, Natalie. It's good to see you and hear you at the same time and be with you today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm so thrilled to have you on. And in our premiere issue of the Thrive Today magazine, you wrote this amazing article called Peace Over Performance. And I want to just quote a little section in here just to kick us off. So in this article that you wrote in John, it basically says in John 14, 27, my peace I give you, not as the world gives you. And then you said, rarely do we consider Christ's peace within the same vicinity of our performance. I would love to talk about that just a little bit, because I think you're right. Most people don't think about the peace of Christ and then connect that to their nine to five. So talk to us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, listen, again, it's so good to have time with you as it always is. And this topic has a long journey attached to it, as you know, already from other conversations that we've had. And this came into my coach work a number of years ago in a profound way because the leading from center over circumstances component was always this idea that I think many of us understand that we have to be healthy inside to be able to create the right environment around us if we're not healthy on the inside. And that's, that's a fundamental concept of leading from center. Peace over performance evolved out of that. And interestingly enough, it evolved from a profound experience I had being with my mom as she passed away uh, in 2018 and you know, was facing her, her end of life in those days and, and really having a powerful experience with God in that time. And it was an intersection I was at personally and then able to just see my clients and what everybody continues to go through. And The pandemic and the changes in this world today haven't eased up on this challenge, which is we are so locked in to incredibly busy lives, incredibly pitched lives with families and work and demands that we would never have really time for ourselves and time to breathe and time to be healthy with presence, with prayer and God and being in a quality spiritual walk. And so peace of performance really is this idea that we live in a performance-riddled world. Everything's about performance in churches and outside of churches. You know, it's, it's how well do we perform? Uh, how well are we getting everything done? How productive are we? How packaged are we? You know, uh, everything has some performance standard tied to it in so many ways. And we lose our identity to that. And what I realized between this whole journey to come to the sort of um, high level answer is peace 
needs to be the fuel to our performance. And peace, as we can really dive into it nose to nose with Jesus, is to say, peace just isn't this idea. It's not just like a quality. It's an identity. And so Christ is like, I give you peace. I give you my peace. I give you me. So I, I think that we can see peace as a whole identity and allow that to really be the fuel for our performance. And just squaring that up, if we spend enough time with this, we get into this, it really is a paradigm shift. Yeah. You know, as I, as I think about 2018, when you went through all that with your mom, I noticed a big shift in you and how you approached your work, how you approached life. What was that thing that clicked for you in that 2018 timeframe when you were, you know, shepherding your mom into her next season with Christ? Yeah, I think, you know, and it's something that all of us may face at different times. She was afraid to die and understand it's understandable completely. And she was 93 and a half. So, you know, it's not like she didn't have a long life, but she was very aware of what was happening. And she had faith, but, you know, the scripture helped me have more faith, right? And then to watch the peace that came over her and that really, you know, Natalie, she didn't do anything. God did it all. He did all the heavy lifting. Uh, He came to her and she saw angels and peace was being poured into her. She had nothing left physically, mentally to do anything. And just to watch that is to come out of that experience. And the shift was, we're all like that. We really need God to do everything for us. We are really, truly in great need for him to do so much for us. And it just requires an awareness that if I begin to loosen my grip over the perform itself, which, you know, you'd think at the point that I was at that I would have had that figured out. But I think it put it put me into the story of being really so aware of the power of heaven working in us and Christ working in us to see it that intimately and powerfully at that moment just really crystallized for me that this is really a way of living life. And I don't think if I didn't have that experience, I would have gotten there. And, you know, it took something very dramatic to have that awareness. That's what it was. It really was a page turner. Like I was different coming out of that experience, really different. Wow. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it does for a lot of us sometimes to, sometimes it takes something bold and dramatic for us to kind of see things. You know, I think a lot of times when we write about these topics, peace over performance, we end up having to kind of live them out ourselves, and we're kind of tested of whether or not we actually believe what we say. Have you felt that at all in your own journey, just thinking about peace over performance, this idea that one of the things you say in your article is your performance needs the duet of peace. So how have you incorporated this into your own world? It's interesting because it's, it takes two levels of work. One level of work is to, it turns into a very powerful project of learning how to love yourself as much as God loves you, learning how to love yourself as much as God loves you. And That means you've got to spend a lot of time learning about how God loves (laughs) and meeting that in your own place, 
maybe alone, maybe in many ways. So I have to go on long walks. I have to journal. I have to read a lot of devotion, a lot of scripture. I have to study. I have to do things. And I have to really reflect on what that means to not live out of, you know, all the additives and the attaboys that we are seeking in this world to separate yourself from all that and really figure out what do I need to know this love and allow myself to truly experience it and figure out how that translates in day to day. So having the courage to say no to some things, having the courage to give yourself the space that you don't think you should give yourself, having the courage to let go of certain things, but do it, you know, with great compassion. So that's, that's one level of work. It's just, just going into that place and it's a radical acceptance, but it's not an acceptance because the world says you're good. It's because God has died for you and is taking care of you. And that's a profound love. The second thing is it is bound in daily rituals and routines. So it does take work every day. There's such a pull of the world to us. There's such a pull. I mean, it's like uh, things that we know that we trusted that the world gave us or we gave ourselves to be able to cope in the world every day, whether it be the way we eat, whether it be the way uh, we have certain relationships with certain people, whether it be the kind of things that we put ourselves in front of because we think this is just, you know, how we find fulfillment, any habit. So it's really, you know, how I, I, you know, we always talk about the scripture, you know, God's, you know, pick up your cross and carry your cross. It is really letting go of so many things to walk every day. And it's an everyday thing. And I feel like it's, it's not trivial. It, it really is trivial. I wrote this the other day that everything we say and do actually has great meaning. It's nothing is wasted. And I, I believe even on my mom's death in her last days, Every little moment had some meaning and nothing happened was wasted. And God used all of it, even in her weakest, most declined possible state right before death. Everything's used. And so it just takes two levels of work. And yeah, that's what it takes. That's what I've had to learn about this. And, and it's, not, it's not easy sometimes. I'll, it's not easy. There's days I, I could easily fall back into the full performance self, Amy, and, you know, and it actually feels kind of comfortable. (laughs) Well, it's funny. Like when I think, I think about, I would love for you to contrast what a performance self looks like versus a peace self, just maybe some ideas or some thoughts so that our our listeners can kind of wrap their minds around the differences. This is a deep topic, right? This is why uh, I write under the hashtag of it every day. So people can start getting the cadence of just the linguistics I'm talking about here, but I I had to break it into identity language to help even myself and help my clients too. But peace self is the knowing inside of yourself that you're always worth worthy, always loved and always learning. Think about that. You're always loved always worthy and always learning. There's never anything off the table. We think about what Christ went through, what God goes through every day for us, went through, and heaven that awaits. It's profound, right? And so how exciting is that? And once you have that realization, it's like, whoa, the game changes because then I don't need the same things or I don't want the same things once I know how fully loved, worthy, and learning I am. 
the performance self is the self of you that is achieving and striving and, and pushing and accomplishing. And now it's always important. I, I point this out that I'm not indicting the performance self as this evil, bad thing, like good, bad. It's not like that. Performance is God gives us the graces and the talent and the skills, the ability to do things that are amazing that we provide impact. And so the performance self is actually a good thing, but it's, it becomes a distortion without peace, without the duet of peace. It becomes a distortion. It becomes what we, we begin to find as our master. But the performance self, that contrast, it's very fun. It feels awesome to get things done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels awesome to be acknowledged that, you know, and to feel like, it, you know, it's like when I work with leaders in corporate environments, it is really important that people feel like there's having interim wins and there's progress and we see where we're going. So that's not trivial. It's just, it has to be guided in by the peace self. Mm-hmm. That's so good and helpful. And I think about my own career, especially when I was super young and just getting started and how I, there's this phrase I think that a lot of people use is like, you can't outwork me. Right. And so I, you know, I'd I'd say I pretty much ascribe to that phrase. Like I, I would be that one person all by myself at the office on Saturday because you couldn't outwork me. And I would be that person, right? That would stay up late. But what you kind of do as well is you you actually set a habit that if you're not working that hard, then you're not enough. And then it's it's very difficult. I can I can remember again when I was younger, just vacations I would go on where I worked the entire time and think, you know what, I just flew across the world to sit on my laptop for the week. And so that habit, that ritual, you were talking about rituals earlier. We can have positive rituals, we can have negative rituals. And so sometimes we have to be careful of what are the rituals we're feeding into our soul and how do those things have a lasting impact on the way that we view ourselves, the way that we work, the way that we put expectations on ourselves and and all of those things. So as I even as I'm listening to you talking, this really resonates with me on just that slowing down, that stopping the pace and that asking yourself some of the hard questions. Right. And you brought up something really, really good right there. A question I like to ask my clients often, you know, when they're talking about, you know, either they're seemingly really pushing themselves really hard or they're just, you know, kind of gritting through something and just, you know, pushing themselves from an adrenaline push, trying to get through things, you know, workaholism tacked on something going on and, and they're not paying attention to them bodies. They're not, you know, not in good spirit. Things are happening. I'd like to ask them the question of what inside you are you saying to yourself that is adding to this push? What are you saying to yourself? What, what is it that you, what is the narrative? What are, what are the things that Take every circumstance away that's, that is the demand, but how, what is the demand language inside of you right now? What is that? And that's, you know, when I do full webinars on the piece or performance, you know, we talk about performance self traps. It's one of the things I talk about, which is a trap is where you really can begin to recognize that you really are just kind of in this spiral of listening to your performance self and getting to a really unhealthy space. Cause we've been talking a lot in this world about well-being and balance and all this stuff. And I get all that's really, really, really good. Yet you really can't 
enact any of those practices if the language you're giving and the narrative you're holding on to inside yourself is you know akin to what kind of what you were saying is oh i can no one can outwork me and i will work until i drop you know i'm, I'm not going to stop until i get this thing done and really what is that you know so yeah i'll i mean i'll tell you what it was for me there was this narrative that has always been in my in my mind and it was this thing I've I've always heard it in my head so I actually couldn't identify where it came from until way later. I was talking to my brother and I said the phrase you always have to work twice as hard as everyone else and he says I say that too. And I was like where did that come from? And and I think it came from our upbringing because we, you know, of the neighborhood we grew up in. And so we were the only minority family for a very long time in that neighborhood. And somehow it kind of got into our heads, maybe through our parents that to get the same, you have to work twice as hard. And that's a, you know, if, if you look at it now, you're like, okay, I can identify that exactly as a poverty mentality. It's a poverty way of thinking that I have to work twice as hard to get just the same as everyone else. And so, you know, you can call that work ethic, you can call that all these different things, but at the end of the day, it becomes a poverty mentality that you've got to work twice as hard to get the same because you begin to believe that and you begin to expect to get less than everyone else. So just us being able to identify that in our now 40s, right? Like it took this long to be like, why do you say that phrase? Why do you say that phrase? That to me is you're living in your performance self. You're not living in your peace self. Right. Yeah. So powerful, Natalie. I mean, so powerful what I just heard you say. And that's something to unwrap. And then think about being worthy, loved, and learning all the time. How what you just said, the release that you get once you say, okay. And everybody has their thing that estranges them from finding the kind of peace that you know in that walk but it's what's beautiful about it a very exciting thing is is just begin to lean into it a little bit and how rich and wonderful it is the transitions and i've seen in people when they finally get around the curve of really loving themselves and accepting god's love to that degree of just incredible calm they end up having the things that trigger them that don't trigger them anymore the things the mythology that they've carried about themselves that have been highly self-limiting that gets shed away i mean it's really incredible and they start to radiate and then they also begin to make extremely different decisions with their life and i've seen some dramatic things like i've seen clients i had one just i talked to yesterday i mean I changed her whole career, you know, based on just getting into that space and finally believing herself that she can trust, trust, you know, that she's, she can trust her talent differently. She could trust what she has, you know, trusting you, you, when your peace self allows you to be trustful of yourself while you're learning, you know, something you don't even, you know, have any proof that you would know how to do. I mean, it, but the performance self absent of peace bound up in maybe false mythologies would say, well, you don't get a learning curve. you got to have it all right, right away. <laughs> you know? Wow. I feel like you're talking directly to me. So it's so funny, I, you know, as we talk about the self-talk stuff, that's so important to, as Joyce Meyer would say, think about what you're thinking about. Because I feel like even as I'm listening to you talk, 
there would be times, even last year, where I'd be getting on a platform to speak and I would say, you can't mess this up. You get one shot versus saying, regardless of what happens, you are loved. And so our self-talk is so can be so dangerous to us because now you've made your you've put twice the amount of pressure on yourself and you're now more even more nervous because you're telling yourself don't mess this up which typically makes you want to mess up versus saying <laughs> you are loved you are chosen you are known and even if you know it doesn't go exactly the way you want it to go you're loved you're okay it's going to be all right we will figure this thing out and so it's so funny we often are so kind to other people and mean to ourselves oh. when we think about how we actually talk to ourselves oh, exactly. we, would, we would never tell anyone else that if they were about to go get on a platform <laughs> right exactly i know and there's a there's a there is this fury of pace in the world that doesn't allow us to slow down and take the curves and the hard gosh you have to think about it and, and let me just ba back up and just say it this way is you really if you really think right now what is happening all the things that are unfolding in the world the intensity the incredible i mean the global pandemic in every industry i work in every single industry i work in every client right now in every industry is facing things in their history that they have never faced before ever ever they have nothing to compare it to in some of these cases so they're really just trying to figure out the rule book so you think about situations like that and what happens when we're not in peace self that we wouldn't give ourselves any credit for anything we are learning to endure. We are figuring out as we're going. We do need to learn together. I mean, the compassion that comes with peace is so mighty and merciful. And when we are absent of that, this is unbelievable some things that are happening to people. I mean, we have uh, situations where I have clients where their business model is is really becoming irrelevant because of all of the catastrophic changes to many systems and supply systems in the world that really have totally taken down a, a, a major tenant of how they would do business. Um, I have hospital clients that, uh, you know, I can't even begin to describe what they've been through. It's it, And yet we have to be so, I think this is to be so filled with the kind of love that is available has never been more important. It's it's just never been more important. And in this whole thing of um, you know, I'll I will just work myself to the end of myself till this is over. Well, this is going on and on and on and on so and on. <laughs> we need to take care of ourselves, like right now. Yeah, it's like we need to be in this place right now. It doesn't need to wait. It, it really yeah. doesn't. So, I, you know, I always am encouraging people to do what feels counterintuitive is don't stay in crisis mode for the rest of the next few years. Give yourself what God wants to give to you and make space for it, uh, because this is this is not just going to turn around tomorrow. This stuff is getting unwinding and more is unwinding around it. So it's very important, you know, what you and I are talking about. Yeah, I just go back to what we opened up with at the beginning of this time together, which was John 14, 27, my peace I give to you. And even as I hear you talking about give yourself grace, give yourself that peace, carve out that space to hear from the Lord, hear what he has to say over your life. That idea that 
It's not that there's that phrase, if it's going to be, it's up to me, right? And so often we can adopt that mantra. And I think especially for those who are listening who are American in background, we are one of the most independent nations in the world. And so we are self-made. We don't want to rely on anyone. And that's just, for lack of a better way of saying it, that's not very Christian. (laughs) We're called to rely on God daily. We're called to go to Him daily and seek Him daily. And it says, if we seek, we'll find Him. And so there's just something there that I think has to shift. And it starts, I think it starts in our thoughts. It starts in the way we we talk to ourselves. It starts in hearing our self-talk. And Amy, in just a second, I'm going to ask you what what you would encourage the ladies with as as we um, wind down today. But I just want to say this, and I hope I want to kind of throw out a challenge to all of our Thrive Today ladies, and that's to take a notebook with you for the next week. And I want you to spend some time writing down some of the things you say to yourself. And at the end of the week, after you've looked at that list, ask yourself, would you ever say that to a friend? Because even what I'm just feeling and sensing in the season is our self-talk really determines whether or not we can live in a peace self. Otherwise, you know, we're we're living in that performance self and we're we're not kind to ourselves often in terms of how we speak to ourselves. So I just want us to be really open and aware of that in the next week or so as we go about our our time at work and even at home. What are the things you're saying to yourself? Well, Amy, as we wrap up our time today, how would you encourage the women to live out peace over performance just even in the next week and maybe a couple of practical ways? Well, first of all, I love what you just said and you just challenged everyone to do. I think that's just fantastic. That's absolutely the right thing to do. There's another term I have. I'm very termy. I love language, so I write a lot. So there is a term I use all the time. It's called clean energy. And the idea of clean energy is when you're in clean energy, you're well-rested. You feel good. You feel like you have the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energy to be completely present with other people in the moment. So that's really important. And that's clean energy when you're in clean energy. And what I would recommend is to identify one thing that you need to do to get yourself into a place of clean energy so that you can get in touch with how loved you are, how worthy you are. So what is it for me? For me, it's, it's, I go and I do specifically walks in the, around trees. And, and I do that almost every single day. I, if I can, a sunrise and a sunset walk, something like that, that connects you to your eternal being with God and not just your daily life and all that. So that's one practical thing. Another thing is to keep notes, like you said, to keep a note of your self-talk and to add a little depth to that would be to start paying attention to how loved you are, how much love is coming to you and how you experience love. Start paying attention to where you feel that you have the deepest, where and how do you have the deepest connection with your relationship with God? Like, where is it? Where does that connection happen? Where does it happen? how does it sustain you? Just really think about that. And what is that? And really honor that. And to and then to and think about where do you need to allow yourself to enjoy what you're learning in life right now? Like what, you know, just what do you need to enjoy about what you're learning right now? And, and those are parts of it. And however you blend all that in is something that it's surprising. I think when we give ourselves enough good questions and reflection, 
things arise that we didn't expect that were already there. And it's really powerful and really good. We just got to give the time and space and grace to it as well. So. Well, Amy, I always love our time together. I feel like these are always my coaching sessions whenever I (laughs) you on a podcast. I just love you so much. Thank you for your time today. I love you as well, Natalie. It was so good to be here. Well, to our listeners, thank you for joining the Thrive Today podcast. Be sure to follow us, share this episode, and of course, subscribe on all your different social media platforms so that we can keep in touch and tell other women about this leadership platform that we have here. To learn more about Amy, head over to connectionpoint.com for more information. And you can also follow her on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Look, ladies, as you build your life, establish a legacy of leadership, community, and strength. We will see you next time.